Welcome to special seasonal podcast Max. I am Stuart Webb and all my heroes are dying. So I thought I would invite Wad onto this podcast now before he too shuffles off this mortal coil. I'm like feeling Aaron very poorly. Or uh, Red Ace, Celine Dion, Dion's husband. That was the worst one for me. I... You, you may, if you were listening carefully, have just heard him speaking. It's Mr. Tom McNally. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, very, real life does not move him, only fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that uh, present, gives us a wonderful segue then into the subject of this podcast, which is a Transformers holiday special. Are you uh, are you a bit of a Christmas man, Tom? Ah, uh, yeah, Christmas is all right. It's good. I'll, 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 I, I usually clear space in my calendar for it. Actually, you, you're so enthusiastic today. It's, uh, <laughs> It's a wonderful thing. Uh, well, I particularly love Christmas. And of course, uh, growing up in Britain in the late 1980s, one of uh, the traditions of my childhood was the uh, the annual Transformers Christmas special. Uh, were you, uh, obviously you grew up in South Africa, did you actually read the Marvel comics as a kid? Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I had just the one... I mean, I went over to South Africa in 1992, so the... the... Oh, right. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been treating you as a foreigner all this time, but... So I caught uh, the um, I caught the end, and, uh, you know, so I had you know, a finite supply of um, of comics I'd hoard. So, no, I, I wasn't aware of them having holiday specials uh, until I was an adult, until I was able to... Um, Grab all the scans on TF Archive. Indeed. Uh, of the original Transformers Christmas specials, uh, I would say the Starscream one is the best myself. Uh, Falling Star, yes. Uh, I, I've got my Starscream-based titles mixed up. There's a lot of them in Transformers comics. Uh, I, I'd say that's my personal favourite. Yeah, I like that one. It's got Streetwise in it, doing something. Uh, Starscream, learning the meaning of Christmas. It's... Um... Yeah, what a wonderful idea for a Transformers Christmas-based comic. Ah, oh, if only we could do it in an exaggerated Chuck Jones style. <laughs> but, uh, what I love about that one is it just takes a piss out of the format of the two previous uh, Christmas stories, which are about characters learning between me and Christmas as well. This just does it with him, like, uh, just doing it to really piss off streetwise for no other reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I do most things. But- well, just to piss off Streetwise. Yeah, yeah. damn Streetwise, always following yeah, me around. What is going to piss off Streetwise today? I, I hate Streetwise. Oh, why did he get a toy about New Defensor and not Groove? Oh, Streetwise! Is this your, what your entire life is based around? Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe this, uh, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, is actually uh, what we're going to talk about today is the first American Transformers Christmas special. Oh, no, isn't there? There's the, there's the Woman's Day special. Isn't that a Christmas story? Oh, you had to think of one, didn't you? Okay. Uh, yes, you are correct. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pretend that doesn't count because we're not entirely sure who rated Drew that. Ah, it's, yeah. it's nebulous. <laughs> From nebulous to junkie on. Um, okay, fine. Let's let's say, let's, uh, let's move the world so that this is the first American 
uh, special. They deserve it. And, uh, 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 the first story is coloured by Thomas Steer. Oh, good old Thomas Steer, back from the dead. Day. <laughs> ah. it's a, a shame he couldn't get Harry Mistletoe and uh, Sally disappointed and slightly inappropriate present to uh, to colour the other two. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were... I thought, wasn't Thomas Deere the colour the colorist on Infiltration that we were talking about previously? I didn't realise you were working yeah, up to I'm a Christmas pun. Yeah, okay. I can't remember the name of every colorist on Infiltration. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much space in one's head. Uh, but so, so for those who haven't seen it, the format of this book is uh, there are three Christmas themed stories, uh, amazingly for Christmas special, each based around one of the current ish. Transformers book. So I say current-ish because one of them is in that sort of halfway state between uh, Windblade, Windblade and uh, Till All Are One. Uh, so it's uh, uh, sort of each of the books getting to celebrate uh, Christmas in their own individualistic ways. Uh, sh- shall we deal with them in the order of a pop-up in the book? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Let's, uh, let's run through this. So uh, the first one by uh, Mayor Green Scott... And uh, art by Colleen Howell, uh, Corinne Howell, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Colleen, that's a bizarre gender swap I've just done to her there. Uh, is a, uh, effectively a uh, spoof of the Grinch. Yep. Uh, and I uh, don't know for you, uh, but I would say uh, uh, if you're not American, the, obviously we know what the Grinch is. Uh, we're familiar-ish with it, but it's not a co- cultural cornerstone as it is for Americans. Uh, uh, would you say that's fair? Um, I have... Uh, yeah, I, I, that's true. Actually, I only really became aware of um, uh, Dr. Seuss after I left the UK. But it's big. It's big, it's big down there. It's big in, in, in the colonies. Uh, Dr. Seuss. Uh, play, uh, the annual playing of the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the Chuck Jones film. That's something I do every year, but that's because uh, um, that's just a uh, an affectation of my own. I don't know where I picked that up from. Are you going to try to be charmingly eccentric? Uh, yeah, yes, you know. I, I mean, it annoys streetwise, so so I'm happy. <laughs> he does, he sits again, oh! <laughs> I hate people who watch anything of a Jim Carrey version. That is the best. Oh, yeah. So, that's what Streetwise thinks, the fool. Uh, I think I first was aware of the Grinch, or I'd heard of it. I, I think I... What's that uh, Dr. Zeus story about uh, the trees all getting chopped down? And, uh, it's the Lorax. The Lorax. I, I, we had that as a kid. But the first time uh, I was aware of the Grinch was in Home Alone 2, uh, where at one point a little uh, Macaulay Culkin is watching the cartoon that you watch. Ah, uh, so maybe you're trying to be like him. Yeah. And as he's watching it, he cuts uh, from Richie's face in the cartoon to Tim Curry's face uh, as he grins evilly, setting up the suggestion that Tim Curry is a bit of a Grinch villain character. Wow. You know, I did have uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York on VHS uh, when I was young, and I must have watched it a million times, but that's all news to me. The current <laughs> incarnation. Yeah, but- Tim Curry is in that film. Uh, sort of yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't, oh, yeah, he, means, he must be the hotel guy. Yeah, he's not the, uh, the man who's going, why are we letting a small child have a room in this hotel? This makes no sense. Oh, his money's sense. good. It's always, but uh, indeed it is. But, uh, so uh, as someone who watches the Green Gem Christmas Red, I suppose you should take the lead on this. How do you think this works as a homage 
Well, well. I mean, Grinch is still Christmas homages are to a penny. Uh, this one's uh, pretty good. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I like Corin Howell's. I like how she doesn't really. It's it's you know it's Doctor Susie, it's Chuck Jonesy, but it still all looks like Corin Howell. Um, I really like that. It is just kind of those aspects are just turned up a little bit more uh, without it being slavish. Uh, I think it really works. And uh, of course, it's all about Starscream learning the true meaning of chosen one day. So it's completely different to any previous uh, Transformers Christmas Space comic because it's a different sort of holiday. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, uh, Transformers fans like things to fit. That's why we eventually had an explanation of the Spotlight Mirage. Mm-hmm. It's all our own fault. Uh, do you, would you say this is a canonical story, something that actually happened, or is it just a fun spoof? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, um, I don't mind. <laughs> it can be whatever it wants. Uh, I assumed it was canonical, but then why wouldn't it be? Is it because... Yeah, because Starscream becomes a nice man at the end. They, they all love each other now. They've learned... But if he became... Uh, if he's portrayed as a git again after that, I mean, like we do the Grinch too, where he goes back to being a complete bastard afterwards. And he's just like, yeah, I have learned between me and Christmas, and I only do it once a year. Well, I, yeah, I get the feeling when I watch the Grinch is Still Christmas that he does do this every year. That he's just very autistic. And uh, <laughs> they're just very tolerant <laughs> of his... <laughs> Yeah, every year he comes out. That's why they're not surprised. It's like, yep, this is how it goes. Come on. Come on, Grinch. Just join in. We'll give you the roast beast. Yeah, yeah, you've had a Christian uh, uh, about turn. That's great. Okay, we'll go back to your mountain and we'll see you next year. And you nick all of our stuff. Oh, that Grinch. <laughs> um, yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll state... I'll, I'll put down some evidence for my case. Uh, in the latest issue of Robots in Disguise, um, Starscream... Which I, which I should say we both quite liked, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. a bit negative about Robots in Disguise, whenever it's come up with this podcast. Uh, really liked issue 49. Yeah, you can see why it was spinning its wheels a bit. Uh, I'll do a reread and we'll talk about this. Oh, yes, that's about to be the next uh, podcast. Uh, but, uh, we should also say... Uh, uh, my last podcast, she proved to be very popular. Marion will be back with us on the next one. Uh, she's just uh, couldn't be with us today because she's chairing the uh, general annual meeting of the We Love Getaway Club. <laughs> uh, where they're building a giant statue of him to uh, garland with flowers, much like that Star Trek episode with David Soul. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing that she likes to do. Uh, yeah. She will be back. She just loves Getaway. Is she too much? Uh, I'm sorry, I derailed your train of thought there with that. Uh, carry on. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Starstream does refer to Wheeljack as pal. Um, I, I, I would like to think it's because they had this Christmas day together. I mean, we only ever see we only ever see it at its apex. I mean, most Christmas days do end in um, a lot of argument. Everyone spends too much time together. They drink too much, and. Um, they get on each other's nerves, don't they? So I'm sure yeah. they'll be back to hey, square one. God, he's watching the Grinch again every oh, year. Jesus. How long must we tolerate this person? Well, uh, cool. That's, uh, that's uh, settled that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'm just sort of flicking through it. And uh, I just want to mention three specific panels. I think uh, 
one of which is really obviously going to be everybody's favourite from we saw about his uh, ghost bumblebee as uh, Jacob Marley. <laughs> it was saying where there's not enough Grinch homages out there. Nobody ever does a Christmas Carol, do they? It's, uh, it's uh, an untouched Christmas story. It's underutilised, so un- under- isn't it? It's, it's uh... always sort of got slipped in here. It's sort of the best use of ghost bumblebee yet, actually. <laughs> I want to look like that every time. Uh, uh, the other thing I like is uh, Bumblebee's message being on videotape. Yeah. Which uh, reminds me of a one good joke from Red Dwarf Back to Earth. Oh, yeah. Some DVDs. And Crichton goes, oh, this is DVD technology. Of course, very primitive compared to what we use in the future. It was eventually replaced by what we use now, VHS. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hate that joke. Oh, okay. That's... <laughs> And uh, the third panel I like is uh, Longtooth curled up like a little dog at Circuit's feet, fast asleep. Ah, oh, yeah, I like Circuit and Longtooth as uh, drunkards. Are they drunk? Is, is that what's happened to uh, Maybe it's reporting news very hard all year. Uh, yeah. They're just having it. They're the only two people who work at this news station. That's not even news for the entire planet. Yeah. And uh, Longtooth is the only camera they have. It's very... Because there's always stuff going on on Cybertron. It's a very busy place. And they have to do all of it. <laughs> I like that. I like that... Um, I like how much like Springfield uh, Cybertron is becoming. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, Also, uh, I like the little montage of what everybody does on uh, Chosen One Day. Uh, tankers get matchy tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two people go off uh, on vacation. Oh, Slag or whatever. Slug, sorry. Whatever we're calling him today. Uh, just be, be BBFs with a man who gives him beer. Yeah, a bit of character reversion for... Well, actually, should he even be there? Didn't they run off? The Dinobots. Oh, well, do we know when this is set, though? Uh, I guess not. We, uh, set <laughs> before that, yeah. Or maybe he came back. Maybe Slug lurked between me and Christmas as well. That's he was visited by three ghosts. Yeah. And uh, now he's become a happy man. Okay, yeah. Maybe he's come back from the wilderness to hug Blur, who doesn't want him to be hugged. Doesn't want to be hugged. And uh, Windblade loves Crabia despite his psychopathic tendencies. Yeah, you know, everything in context. They they see a lot of death, these guys. And uh, you were right about Sparkstalker as well, all along. Oh, well. And I love his one-on-one uh, pose. That's just... Very heroic. Yeah. Um, that's very sweet. And so I think this is the only straight couple we have in Transformers at this point. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, man, that's, just, that's not the old gay agenda, that is, isn't it? We should uh, form a march on IDW Towers. And stuff. Stop doing that. Um, I don't know. I think maybe Streetwise would like that too much. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, and the best panel of the Combaticons in RDW continuity as well. Yeah, they're all friends. They're sharing grenades. Yeah, man. There's no uh, talking about Swindle. No. <laughs> if only Swindle was here, I could give him this grenade. Oh, we love Swindle. He's our BBF as well. We love him even more than Slug loves Blur. And Dinobot gets a present. Oh no, Cheeto gets one yeah. too. It's just kind of coloured like the hedge. I like that they're in our garden. Yeah, presumably that's on uh, uh, 
the Beast Wars planet, as I think it was called. Yep, <laughs> Planet Beast Wars. But, uh, yeah, now, obviously as a Grinch expert, is the ending relatively close to the Grinch, is it? Uh, do they turn up at the Grinch's house? No. Uh, what happens? They go down, everyone's singing, and um, he joins in. He brings back all the presents. Oh, I think all the presents fall off a cliff. I don't know. A lot of stuff happens. Oh, that's what they celebrate even though they have no presents. That's yes, right. because it's actually about um, singing that damn song, not about presents. <laughs> that is exactly what Christmas is about. <laughs> Strange cultish devotion um, to a nonsense set of syllables uh yeah uh so no 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 they don't come all over this is um this is a different christmas cliche this is uh, it's a wonderful life isn't it uh oh it's a little bit uh except he's had you know, it's a wonderful life he's had his epiphany before everybody turns up his uh, house and uh he's learned uh uh, God, imagine, that's what they could do for the next one is have Starscream see what the world will be like without him in it I'd like to that'd be good <laughs> the cliche uh, sort of uh, the other way of doing this one of life where he just finds out how much better everything would be yeah the Beavis and Butthead version <laughs> uh, the Simpsons as well uh, ah yes and uh, so that's uh, loads of people that are that but, uh, so overall what did you think of the uh, first story then Oh, I, th- I think it was fun. I mean, it's always nice to see what the supporting cast are up to, even if it's in a fun, jokey way. Yeah, fun jokiness is 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 fine by me. I would like it if there was more of this kind of um, frivolous nonsense. Oh, well, indeed. But speaking of uh, frivolous nonsense, that brings us on to Silent Light. Ha-ha! Uh, all, uh, you may not have spotted this. <laughs> But that title, the first, a popular uh, carol, Silent Night. Uh, yeah, it's a play on puddle, play on words. Of course, uh, of, is... um, of the Grinch Who Christmas. Yes, and uh, uh, Blackadder's Christmas Carol. As well. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I like this. I really like the um, the lot. There's nothing I like more than a long setup for a terrible joke. And the, all the exposition that needs to be put down and all the little bits and interactions that put down around the other exposition in order to have that punchline of the contrivance engine, uh, that's brilliant. It's only two pages, actually, which uh, is good. There's a lot, a lot which has to be done in those two pages. Putting on the hat, pulling the cracker, putting the, in the cloaking machine invisibility field thing up. It's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that the three stories in this uh, book is the only one that is really a strength in inverted commas issue of its regular series. Uh, the first one is a poem, homage, mm. and the third one is all inside one guy's head. So this is, and usually for more BTI, it's the most normal of the uh, three stories. Ah, yes. Of its uh, usual format. Uh, also, also, I, I would guess this is not intentional because uh, I can't imagine I would be disappointed if James were a fan of this series. Uh, a little tear would run down my face. But uh, amidst all the Christmas hilarity, uh, the basic plot is a combination of two episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, one where they had fly through space where people who run the space hate telepaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hate all the telepaths aboard. Uh, they, no, they don't hate, uh, they hide all the telepaths aboard. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, another where uh, they uh, fly the wing into space if it's dangerous, so they all have to go into suspended animation for the journey, mm-hmm. uh, except for the uh, uh, the woman in the, with the tits and the bald guy, who are the only two characters in that show anybody likes. So it's like starting an episode with just them in it, basically. Okay. Uh, so it sort of feels like it might feed off those, these, these incidental background details. Isn't it? I don't know. It, it, it struck me as as a pretty established trope. Everyone's going to go to sleep to avoid this, this you know, traveling through this area. I mean, isn't it, isn't it done in Firefly? Don't they do that? I don't know. It just seems like, um, it seems like it's, it's a lot more than just one series. That's yeah, done it's, that. it's just the one I've checked. I've done <laughs> detailed research. Nobody else has ever done that. It's <laughs> I mean, I, you know, stasis pods, hibernation, it's very red dwarfy. I mean, if we can go to that well again. Well, as a Christmas treat for James, I wasn't going to swap any Red Dwarf similarities in this issue. Who we sat at home going, oh, McNally! <laughs> Even more than usual. Um, yeah, yeah, I, li- I like the contrivance engine. I like also there's, you know, just little, he can't help himself, just putting in bits of world building, offshoots of the Galactic Council, uh, anti-mech terrorists, and... The thing which we've been we were talking about in a previous episode. Oh, bring it back, God! If uh, if you can spot st- sparks from across the galaxy, how the hell do these guys hide from anyone? And like, oh, I guess they don't. I guess they actually have quite a hard time if they can be detected in space from great distance. There you go. You see, he's listening to us. Well, I imagine he heard our podcast and very quickly rewrote this entire issue. Yes, of course. Yeah. To uh, work with us. Uh, I'm just looking at the, at the credits page again, uh, double check who drew it. Uh, how would you say the name of the artist? Oh, I, I haven't even. Koteri? Koteri. Koteri? I don't, I, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Cotter, if, uh, if that, or Miss, uh, if that's you when we, we're mangling your name there. Um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a mixed bag here. Sometimes it works sometimes it's a bit off um the only bit which really fails for me is the transition between whirl going to open the door and him looking in the box there's i don't know if that's a scripting gaff but that yes, that doesn't that there, doesn't yeah. read I like it, you know. If I, if I now I know what it is, and I can see that okay, we're looking from within the box, we're looking down the doors open behind him. But there's just a few too many stylistic twists there. It's a bit too weird for me to understand. Yeah, I didn't get, uh, but he, it was in a box until he said so on the next page, uh, first time I read this. So yes, you're you're bang on there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he's gone to the door, and now he, is that the door opening? What is it? A space door, etc. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's where the art mostly falls down. Um, mm, yeah, I'd like to see more from Kateri. Um, but uh, I think sort of it's a problem Nick Roche has gotten over. Is that if you distort uh, the character designs too much, you can end up just taking up too much space in the panel. Um, to yeah, then you know, so you kind of lose the flow uh, of of how the story is supposed to go. Uh, Roche has gotten much better at, I, just, I guess, being more of an animator of of squashing 
the the characters down as well as stretching them out. You need to you need to treat them like putty if you're going to do this kind of stylization. And I'm well really lends himself to do it, but just in every panel, well is I like the way he's drawn, but he confuses because he's so weird looking and he's been made weirder by stretching him out. Every panel he's in is a little difficult to read because of it. That's my that's my critique of the art. No, no, I think that's uh, pretty fair. Generally, I quite like the art. Uh, I suppose in terms of a bigger, more mid-sized picture, uh, well, the most interesting thing here is uh, Megatron and Ultra Magnus. <laughs> now the such BFs, which I think is about the eighth time I've used that in this podcast. I don't know why I'm doing that so much. Uh, maybe because everybody is best 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 friends forever at Christmas. <laughs> uh, but he and Magnus are now finishing each other's sentences. Uh, <laughs> and he sort of plays up uh, the simmering sexual tension between them, this issue quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, it's really cute. And um, yeah, you can you when, you when you've gone and done the, the Christmas crackers and the contrivance engine, you can um, you you allow yourself a scene where Megatron is traumatised by Ultra Magnus trying to hug him. Uh, does he ever find out that's not really Ultra Magnus? Does he, I, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. I think he'd make it his business to get to the bottom of that. And also speaking of Magnus, thinking oh. uh, Andy Williams, finally some decent fucking music <laughs> its way into James Roberts' work. It's, it took a long time. <laughs> uh, it's something I could sing along with. And uh, thank you for that Christmas treat, James. I hope to hear more actually good music in this book in future. Oh, cool. Yes. Gauntlet thrown down. I was only pretending not to hate all that indie stuff. I really despise it. Burning (laughs) in a big pyre of death, I say. (laughs) Um, And I suppose... Uh, not only does Ultra Magnus get to uh, get to sing when he's on his own, but uh, he also loses his mustache. Yeah, well, I hope he gets that back. Uh, that's obviously a key. <laughs> As, uh, you know, the final domino has been set up for the issue 50 finale. <laughs> well, actually, I suppose, uh, uh, having just mocked uh, the, uh, the indie music... I suspect the Magnus uh, Amber singing bit and uh, dancing on the corridor is uh, reworked from a deleted bit from the, uh, the indie disco. Oh, Star- staying alive bit. Yeah, where he was going to come in dancing out of his armour. I suspect it's sort of a, a reworking of that joke. Okay, uh, yeah, this is better. He, I would definitely say so, yes. Uh, uh, so James is now sitting at home hating both of us equally. You wish. They've done the Red Dwarf thing. They've mocked my taste in music. They're saying I'm recycling jokes. We're, we're definitely on a list. Uh, but uh, what did you think of the final gag there? But it wasn't. Uh, but in fact, we've not talked about the actual uh, the plot. Oh, uh, yeah, the, ba- the baby. Um, yeah, the baby. It's fine. You know, it's, it's again, it's a bit of a of um, of a trope. You give the 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 orniest character in your sitcom the baby and then their heart melts and they do something I how well responds to most things with suicide <laughs> any kind of emotional input just like well i'll kill myself mm. <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's uh, overall i quite enjoyed that one it's uh because it's not 
playing with its style as much as the other two, but it doesn't stand out as much. Like, it's a very particularly uh, uh, good, solid, fun little story. Even if the Magnus stuff is probably more notable than the actual plot stuff. Yeah, but then also, I mean, this is the first time we've seen a baby Transformer. That's like, that's kind of monumental. This is. Uh... Well, I think you'll find they were in the, uh, the Japanese Magna for uh, victory. Oh, okay. yeah, I mean, I mean, in this continuity. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, just... oh, well, you got to have a... Because animated. Collapse. We've seen lots of it animated, Stuart. Who watches animated, Tom? <laughs> I, I watched that show. I thought it was cool. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that's me what. It's been forgotten now. <laughs> it's gone and forgotten. Um. Uh. Yeah, anyway, yeah, protoforms, that's all straight out of animated my opinion uh yeah but it's nice that they, we have them and there's some neat stuff with them like their face forming and an imprinting on whirl uh i don't know if that's normal behavior or just the scraplets but um it's treated as if that's something a baby they're like ducks um yeah they you, you give them you show them a helicopter and they'll turn into a helicopter which is adorable <laughs> oh there you go it's, it's a, a beautiful story of love with your scd <laughs> well if you can't love your SDD who can you love exactly which brings us on uh, to the John Barber contribution mm. uh, we've, uh, first I want to say I'm really pleased that uh, Josh Birkin is it Birkin or Birkan bam 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 wham I, I don't know I don't, I don't check these things old um, JB yep he's uh, finding finally got to draw an issue rather than just uh, colouring it. See, that's your reaction to it. My reaction is like, oh, I can see now why they don't generally let him draw these things. Ooh. Oh. That's it, because I quite, I really like his, uh, his style for when he, uh, well, obviously he's, he's only really done, has uh, he done, He's a poster, well, posters in inverted commas, sort of art online. Uh, has he done covers for IDW? Yeah, he's done a few. And uh, obviously he did that deleted scene uh, from uh, uh, the, uh, the Skids packing issue of More Meets Eye, as mm. I like to call it. Uh, he's always in art, but he's, he's obviously an artist who's really keen to do interior artwork on Transformers to the point when he draws deleted scenes in his spare time for fun. Yeah. And there have been times uh, fairly recently on things like Dark Cybertron uh, where anybody walking past a building with a pencil has been called in to draw a couple of pages. Yeah. It's almost a little bit odd, but he has, has never managed to get his foot in the door uh, up till now. Uh, so I'll be quite pleased to see him uh, draw. But you you do not like this, man. I'm surprised by that. So okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I like. Um, I like the style of it by itself. That works. That's quite nice. I like the marker kind of um, the scratchiness. Um, I like his, um, his storytelling is actually very good. It's a lot more solid um, than uh, Kateri. It's not as solid as Curran Howells. Um, you know, there's no, there's nothing confusing here. Um, there's no point where you don't know what's going on. Um, Which they could actually be quite easily with narrative and uh, genre shifts. I suppose, uh, yeah. I mean, he gets uh, palettes, of course, um, intuitively. 
Uh, actually, no, I shouldn't say intuitively. He's, 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 he's good at that. I mean, he's coloured it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, that all, you know, the, the sh- pretty much every page is in a different style and the cutling, those colouring is quite subtly different. Um, yeah, that all works. I just, um, just some of his fundamentals are just quite poor. Like, uh, like his figure drawing and faces, uh, they're, 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 they don't quite all add up. And there's a bit, there's a few too many different permutations of his style going on. I'll tell you the panel, which, which makes me, um, uh, which, which, which I have the, the most problems with. Do uh, Yes, I'll, I'll find it and have a look and see if I agree with you. So the first panel of the kind of, um, so after the noir sequence, when we're now in the procedural sequence, where he's like, her name uh, was... Like with, the, with the chalk outlines, yeah? Yeah. Um, the way that policeman is drawn, I think... Uh, the human yeah, I think what I think I think what I may be picking up on. I could be wrong here. I think everyone else is drawn. Sky, uh, 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 not Skywarp. It's named Thundercracker. Thundercracker is drawn with pens. It looks like, and the scene is drawn with pens. No, hang on. Some of that's digital. Oh no, no, no! I tell a lie. It's uh, I'm 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 babbling. This is all digital. Um. Anyway. The the, 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 police, the policeman, Thundercracker and RC. First of all, they're all uh, the the angles don't add up. Look at RC down the bottom. Like where is she standing? That's upsetting. And they're all drawn in quite. They, they don't match up. They they look like they're from different um, comics, or at least from different pages. This comic. I see what you mean with the human, actually. He just looks like a normal human rather than a, a, a stylized one as such. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that really bugs me. I, I also really don't like uh, the little flourishes with the, the penguins and the polar bears on the next page. I really don't like the way he draws Buster. I don't know why. It's just that kind of... Uh, sort of it's, it's the that kind of dreamworks grimaces and the kind of the way the face is contort really gets me. Um, it doesn't look like real expression. It looks like cartoon expression, but not a car- not a cartoony version of a human expression, just this sort of uh, limited vocabulary of cartoon faces. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah. You, you are definitely uh, the Grinch of uh, the art of his <laughs> But, uh, of course, yeah, all and of it, it does it does kill me it does kill me to say that because yeah I'm a, he has been this is his big he's, he's been he's been wanting this for years and um I, and I don't like it and it, that's a shame I would I would like I would like to like it well, surely the person to blame is Thundercracker as all this is in his head yes yeah it's Thundercracker getting his uh, getting some of his fundamentals a bit confused but uh, uh, I bet it's more realistic things. Uh, uh, I quite, quite like Megatron's motivation here of uh, him having a hand in a lump of coal for some SMP smart. Uh, I think that's only a better take on Megatron than anyone other than James Roberts has given us in IDW. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I don't know. The, it, there's only one joke here, and that's that Thundercracker's dumb. Um, and, uh, you know, these kind of, you know, the, st- the storytelling beats are all ham-fisted, and that's fine. Um, you know what? I think, you know, you know, you know, you know which, which does kill this story for me? It's the last page. It tips the hand. I think it's... I mean, we've seen this joke in Robots in Disguise a lot of times where uh, Thundercracker has his silly screenplays. And, um, you know, it's fun to give it over to a screenplay. But the fact, like, everyone's sitting around saying, oh, Thundercracker, that's not how it works. Ah, silly Thundercracker. It's like, yeah, we know that. We've been... You don't... We don't need that. We don't need that scene where, hey, it's all just a screenplay. We know that. I guess... I guess maybe there's an idea that this uh, holiday special would be bought by a lot of people who don't follow the comic. Yeah, yeah, but even though, even though, would have noticed for our 38 days in December. Yeah, and also that, like, that, and, and I kind of, I love that, I love this line, it's very Axe Cop. Uh, you know, Santa and me, we're best friends, we hang out all the time and write screenplays together. I think that, that, that's enough of a tell. You could actually probably end it on that page with, plus I never feel lonely anymore. Without the ellipsis, and I think it would be stronger. Yeah, so I suppose it's uh, John Continuity Barber. He was wasn't going to do something like this without you know <laughs> what really happened. Uh, at the end, just kind of find a uh, never really went to punch Megatron in the face whilst he was dressed as Santa. Yeah, so, so I don't want any angry letters about this. I've got to make sure. Um, no, what we'll have to explain it in uh, <laughs> two years' time. <laughs> yeah um i think that does spoil it yeah well for this one i suppose uh the way class comes off weaker than the other two is of course it opens with a uh, uh a spoof of a popular christmas uh poem mm-hmm. we, uh, which the first story did and it did that first so we did it in a dedicated way for this entire story mm-hmm. uh so that's just like to have two of those in the special and mm-hmm. uh, it does then hop a mouse to it between uh, genres and jokes and yeah, yeah the guy is from the cracker is a bad screenwriter so maybe this is obviously a, a attempt to do a bad story uh, but it does come over as a bad story as a result in places uh, yeah but I don't know it's only what like six pages I think that's fine oh yeah yeah it's a harmless thing it's got some great gags in it and it's uh, got some nice funny moments uh, and it's certainly not any more throwaway uh, than the other two stories in the book are. Uh, but yeah, I would say these are the least impressive of the, of the three, while still fairly enjoyable for me, anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel so. It's 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 up against it's in with some stiff company here, and um, I like the idea of it, but I don't think it's quite pulled. I don't think it, it, it it's pulled off quite so well. You know what really uh, really gets me, though? What, what yeah, is that? Black and white, yeah. film bar sequence about a Transformers detective in a trench coat and a hat. And who is it? Fucking Thundercracker. Really? You couldn't even at least mention Nightbeat on that page? No, I, I'd, I'd hate oh, that because... Uh, why? Doors. He doesn't know Nightbeat. He's never met, he's never met him. He's never... Well, never. Also, Nightbeat doesn't do that anymore. They could, they could, they could have done, if they were going to do a detective thing, they could have put Nightbeat in it for an imaginary... Even if he'd just be Thundercracker's partner with his feet <laughs> above the other desk. 
no no it's this kind of it's this kind of pandering that i'm glad uh is not in it they you know you know what you should have watched you should watch transformers animated that would have had night beat in a trench coat with fedora with his with his feet up on the desk it would have had it for 25 minutes well you tell me the name of that episode and i'll go watch well it would, be in an, in, it would be in an unproduced episode obviously and you'd have to <laughs> find the clues on Derek wyatt's tumblr and uh you know and you'd have to it'd be a, a wry hint about it in the all spark almanac that's that's how uh, what, that's how transforms animated does things that's the way would you i have to ask vector five <laughs> oh yeah i haven't had the courage to look into that that just seems like some kind of buttcon wiki overload monster no, no, it keeps certain fans happy and that's what life's all about. Yeah, yeah. Keeping the conventional noises. Uh, uh, I think Jed, the most surprising thing for me is learning that you didn't like the art of the last story uh, in this conversation. You're always full of surprises, so Yeah, I was going to keep you guessing. That's uh, that's how Saddam Hussein used to do things. Oh, there you go. So uh, to sort of sum up, then, our, our seasonal feelings, uh, we, we found flaws in the third story. Uh, we could... Uh, a spot uh, Red Dwarf reference in the J- James Roberts one. So really, Meredith Scott is the only one who uh, will feel any Christmas cheer uh, when she hears this podcast back. All right, I'll I'll I'll, get, I'll do some some criticism of the first one just to round things out. <laughs> yeah, make them all suffer. It's very safe, isn't it? It's very safe. The first one. Uh, there's uh, it's you can you know throw in the um. The background, the the cutesy background extras in a fun style, uh, show them all getting presents or tattoos or whatever, um, in a way that might affect the story but doesn't affect the story. I mean, it it covers all the bases in a way that um, the other two at least try and do a bit more in, uh, imaginatively. Well, there you go. Well, I think we are now on the naughty. <laughs> This of all three writers. And in your case, we're at least one artist. <laughs> oh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. So, to, to, to sum up then, uh, what, what do you think it was special overall? Do you think it was a worthwhile uh, uh, attempt at something different? Yeah. Would you like to see it again next year? Uh, yeah, I dig it. I think this should be a tradition. Um, I think it's nice to have all the teams, uh, you know, do something a bit different. And uh, you know, I, I like I like anthologies. I've been programmed um, through a lifetime of British comics to love anthologies, and I think that should be. Much, and it, it comes up every year. You know, Transformers should do more anthologies, more showcase how many people they've got uh, and how big their cast is. And I think this is exactly the kind of thing they should be doing. And again, as I say, I love a bit of frivolous nonsense. <laughs> so your heart has grown ten times this day. Ed. Oh boy! It's someone call a doctor. <laughs> I guess you probably sit again there. That's anatomically impossible. <laughs> uh, the Grinch would have a heart attack there. <laughs> well, it's, it's a real condition. Uh, you, you know, lots of things can swell up your heart. They're um, no yeah, good. Little good though, I'd imagine. Is it? <laughs> Not the power of love. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, I, I can, I can, I can bend. I can bend in the wind for a for a metaphor. Uh, what a kind man you are <laughs> it's christmas it's not really it's january the 22nd i know but we like 
one of those Christmas specials they record in uh, July. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we should have said this at the start of the podcast. Uh, you, sh- you should be uh, wearing a Christmas hat whilst you're listening. Uh, uh, if you're not, go grab one now for the last uh, few seconds. Uh, we'll wait. What should we talk about whilst they're off getting a hat? That might take them some time. Let's, let's talk about how dumb they look. <laughs> it's quite funny. Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, okay that's but, good we did uh, yes i uh, i like this sort of thing obviously a uh, british story oh yeah i think when i was a kid uh the first christmas issue i read would have been uh cold comfort and joy and i don't remember that one when i was a kid at all so it didn't make very much impression even though i must have read it because oh, i remember yeah yesterday. i would have read cold comfort and joy because it was in the uh the collected comics Maybe it wasn't in the collective comics. Oh, or what? Oh, I don't know. I've got it. I've, I have it. I have the issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's only the first week it's always in the collective comics. Yeah, um, I don't remember that one when I was a kid. So the only real one uh, that he made the impression on me as a child is uh, for Black and Whites, uh, Optimus <gasps> Prime. The greatest gift of all. Yeah, yes. no, I, yeah, okay, I remember that one. I love that one. Yeah, it's uh, a lovely uh, little story. Yeah, surprisingly few uh, memories of the Christmas stories. But it did feel like a thing, because I think every time a comic did one, it made it a thing, even that one-page editorial uh, Dreadwing story. So it was sort of like something with a history, even though I personally experienced very little of that history at the time. So it sort of has uh, the ghosts of that most Christmas's past uh, hanging over it, this issue. So I'm probably very predispositioned uh, towards liking it. Uh, but I think it's even within that uh, cravat, it's uh, still a very enjoyable special. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it does everything it's set out to do. So, uh, would you be up for an Easter special? Uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day? Oh, man, I'd love to, to see him do an Easter special or try and work in um, uh, themes of the resurrection. <laughs> and, well, Optimus uh, Prime, I've just seen three stories about Optimus Prime, was it? Yeah, Optimus Prime being, ret- being betrayed, Optimus Prime... Uh, on trial, uh, Optimus Prime dying just, you know, for the weekend. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, that's a pit. We should pitch that to IDW. I would sincerely love to see that. No, they just sadly missed a chance to do the uh, International Kiss of Ginger special. Because uh, it was International Kiss of Ginger Day. Is that, is that uh, kind week. of Facebook thing? Uh, no, I think there's actually a governing body of these international days. Uh, it's uh, in The Hague, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and all the war criminals get the day off uh, so long as they kiss the ginger. Kiss the ginger. <laughs> Sadly, I couldn't find a ginger. It was very depressing. It's... Yeah, the pogroms have been pretty harsh. <laughs> Only enough, every other night that week after that at work, there were tons of attractive uh, ginger people shopping at two o'clock in the morning. I was like, why couldn't you come in at, on International Kiss of Ginger Day? Oh. That would have been an avenue there, no? Oh, tch. Too busy being kissed. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's... Uh, when will we International Kiss of Transformers Fan Day? That's what I want to know. That's every day, Stuart. Well, pack them up then, Tom. I've got my mistletoe here. What happened next? 
I will never tell. Unless you pay me. Hello there, I'm back again. You may have noticed the podcast isn't over yet, because you can still hear me in your ears. Uh, because I decided to end the uh, podcast on the comedy kiss, I just thought I would come back in after the credits with a little bit of extra information, because we are now on iTunes. Yay! We're, we're like a proper podcast, uh, but much less professional. Uh, so all of you iTunes people, you, know, you can uh, subscribe and stuff. I don't use iTunes myself, but uh, yeah, apparently it's a thing. It's what all the cool kids do. Uh, most of the podcasts I listen to that are on iTunes do try and do some sort of emotional blackmail on their listeners to try and get them to leave five-star reviews. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but if anyone who does leave a review, I will tell you exactly what Tom and me, me got up to after the end credits kicked in there. And it's hot, steamy stuff! Uh, over at TF Archive, where you may have heard this from if you're not on iTunes, uh, there is a discussion thread in the General Transformers forum where you can come leave us feedback. I am on Twitter at InflatableDalek. Tom is now on Twitter with a proper actual Twitter account for use, uh, at Tyrone McNally. And if you want to tweet Marion, even though she's not on this one, just because you like her more than me and Tom, which makes me sad. You can tweet her at Mort, uh, with a H in there. I'm not really sure why she spells it like that. Uh, and if you're at the Orbital Comics sign-in on the 12th of March, I will hopefully briefly be popping in there as well. So if you see me, uh, come and ask me about what me and Tom got up to as well. It will blow your mind. Take care, everybody, and we will see you soon.